Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Alex, worship team. Take your Bible if you would. I have the great privilege to get to share God's Word with you. And I uh, usually get to preach to kids. I'm usually not even in here. But tonight I get to be in here and I'm so excited because I get to see people that come on Wednesday night. Awesome. Turn to the book of Galatians, if you would. Galatians. I got to tell you a funny story while you're turning there. Brother Mike doing the uh, Brother Mike doing the offering teaching there reminded me of an outreach I did one time, and um, we were doing a birthday of a king performance, a matinee, there in Maui when I used to live in Maui, and um, Pastor Chris was doing it, and he told me we want to do this special matinee for all the bus kids, all the kids that ride the bus. Okay. So uh, I rented 10 tour buses. We used our seven buses we had on the property and filled them to capacity. 550 people I brought on the bus to watch this show, most of them kids. And a lot of them have never, had never been in the, you know, the, the big church. No, they're used to kids' church. And they're in the big sanctuary, and they're not familiar with what happens in there, and it's different than kids' church. And after the birthday of a king, they're all sitting there. There's 500 kids sitting there. And they're in the front 20 rows or so in the big sanctuary. And Dr. Morocco decided he's going to take up an offering. And, and um, you know, there's you know, probably 50 kids squished together in one row type thing, you know, 40, 50 kids. And the ushers, <laughs> amen, the ushers passed the bucket. And by the time it got to where the kids were, there's like cash in the bucket. And they didn't know what to do. And they're like looking at it. They look at each other. And then they just start picking it out and sticking it in their pocket. <laughs> pass it to the next kid, takes it out. And the ushers are like climbing over. the. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. To see those ushers going crazy trying to get to. And there's so many kids they can't get in there. And they're like yelling, ah! and I'm laughing so hard on this. I'm just like, forget it. You can't rescue it. It's goners, man. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's, let's read this one verse, and then we're going to pray, and then you can sit down. It's Galatians 5.25. Galatians 5.25. I'm reading from the... 1984 NIV version. I don't like the new NIV version. I don't recommend it. I like the, the 84 version. It says, Galatians 5.25, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. God, I thank you for this time tonight to reflect on your word. and Not just this text, but others we're going to look at. Lord, I pray an anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, a freedom to declare what it is you put in my heart some time ago. Lord, I pray, God, that you would allow me the ability to communicate. God, give us all ears to hear what you're saying to us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to look at some other scriptures in a minute, but are you taking my picture? 
Okay. You'll see that on Insta thing later. Okay. I was 13. And, excuse me, I was 14. And I was in the 8th grade. And in our intermediate school, middle school, whatever it was, 8th grade was it. Then you went to high school, right? So in terms of who's at that school, I'm the 8th graders. And it was my great joy to pick on the 6th graders and the 7th graders. And I'm better, I'm bigger, I'm smarter. I'm the 8th graders. My sister... Was, is one year younger than me. She's a missionary in Ireland today. And she's one year younger than me. And uh, so she was having her 13th birthday. This is a big deal. And my mom said, Kendra, that's my sister, what would you like to do for your 13th birthday? So she thought about it and sometime later got back to my mom. Come to find out, she wanted to have a dance with the lights and the DJ and the people. This is like in the 1900s, okay? This is not a couple of days ago. She wanted to have a dance. So my mom somewhere found enough money because we, we did not have uh, much monies to operate from in our house. Somehow my mom borrowed or whatever it took she rented the lights, the flashing lights, and she got the DJ and the giant sound system, and she rented a local community center type thing for my daughter, my, my, not my daughter, but my sister's 13th birthday. So the time come for the party, and my sister was, al was allowed to invite 50 of her friends. It's almost her whole class. I'm from a small town in Oklahoma, okay? And so 50 of her friends and were feeding them. And, and, of course, I'm the 8th grader, and they're the 7th graders, so I'm walking around, you know. If you don't remember those days, that's what you were like, looking at those 7th graders. When you're in the 6th and 7th grade, you can't wait to be the 8th graders, so then you can, like, look down at them. So the dance is starting, it's, it's, you know, music's playing, nobody's dancing. Anybody remember the junior high dances? You just kind of stand and you keep getting a little farther back, a little farther back. You don't want to be, you don't want your foot too far out there because it might look like you're actually going out there or whatever. Anybody know what I'm talking about or is it just me? So nobody's dancing. It's a circle of 50 junior hires, 50 13-year-olds. The rest of the room is dark. There's no lights except for the light shining in the, in the circle. And they're all standing on the fringes of the shadow. You know, like they move their foot, it's in the light, it's, you know, making sure nobody can see them. My mom gets frustrated because she has spent money she doesn't have for this dance, and they're all standing there making sure they're not the one out there. So my mom comes up with this brilliant plan. And she looks for her oldest son. Oh, there he is, the eighth grader. Over there eating the nachos. And so she calls out his name. Kirsten. 
Get out there. What? No, no, I'm eating nachos right now. Pulls out the middle name, Kirsten Wren. Get out there and dance right now. Have you seen me during, dance during worship? There's a reason you haven't seen me dance during worship. Have you seen me move slightly at all? Besides my hands. So I went out there to be the catalyst for the dance. And I am quite sure it was the most hideous, awfulest thing you have ever seen in your life. And here I was, the eighth grader, thinking all proud and... It was horrible. I was so embarrassed. And you know how many people came to dance because I went out there? Lionel Richie pumping away. Anybody with me? Dancing on the ceiling. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You guys with me? Am I the only one? You know how many of those seventh graders came out there to join that, that awesome, popular eighth grader? Absolutely none of them. I stood out there <laughs> obeying my mom. I'm sure there were tears coming down my eyes. Song is over, and I ran for the hills, man. <laughs> Horrible. Don't do that to your kids. Scarred for life. Talking about life by the Spirit. What does that story have anything to do with life? Oh, it's got a lot to do with life by the Spirit. Maybe not in the way that you think. Well, let's talk about the Holy Spirit. This is Wednesday night. This is Holy Ghost night at KC. So let's talk about the Spirit just for a few moments. Remind ourselves of a few things. Or maybe if you're not familiar with the working of the Spirit... Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He's a person. He's at work. Everybody say it. He's at work. He's working. He's working in you, working through you. He's got tasks that he's trying to do in your life. He's got assignments in your life to accomplish. He's, he's wanting to work with you. He's wanting to draw some things out and put some things in. Life by the Spirit, referring to life in a dynamic relationship with the Spirit of God operating in me, living in me. Uh, John 14, I think it's 17 or 16, says you'll know Him because He's in you and lives in you. There's an operating, uh, I don't want to say force, but an operating dynamic relationship with the Spirit of God in our life. And that's what He is doing. Life, that's what life by the Spirit is referring to. He's active. He's personal. He's, he's working in you. He's got functions that are described throughout the New Testament. Now, in the Old Testament, we see truth concealed. It comes in a different picture. In the New Testament, we see truth revealed. It's easier to see. And so, but we're going to look at some Old Testament 
two Old Testament uh, passages that help us see somebody living life by the Spirit in just a moment. But some of the functions that Paul and even Jesus described that he does in your life, if you're not familiar with it, life by the Spirit is not boring. It's awesome. It's dynamic. It's personal. It's one-on-one. I, I love it. I could not imagine not living, or living life without the Holy Spirit. Anybody got one of those cell phones you can talk to and it'll talk back to you? You ever try to use that thing? Sometimes they work. Sometimes you want to throw your phone. Uh, my wife and I lived in Oregon for a short time, and I needed directions to the Portland airport. Brah, it stuck me in the scary ghetto. I'm like looking around. That's not life by the Spirit, but the same dynamic is at play that you have a personal, maybe you want to call it a personal assistant. You got the Holy Ghost working in you. You can talk to, you can ask questions, you can receive from. Jesus said in John 14 that the Holy Spirit would remind us of the things He said. Praise God. We have spiritual Alzheimer's. Anybody know that? You forget what God did for you last week. And you're on to God, you don't love me anymore. Don't you care anymore? That's, that's what we do. He would remind us of things. Remind us of what Jesus said. He would teach us all things. He would, Paul described in Romans 8 that the, the, one of the dynamics of the Holy Ghost in our life is He would help us in our need to help pray. He helps us in praying. He helps work. There's a sanctifying work that the Holy Spirit does in us to, to bring out holiness, to pr- promote righteousness in our life, to see things rid. In our, they, there's power released of the Holy Ghost in our life. There's giftings of the Holy Ghost He wants to release in our life, encouraging others. He promotes righteousness. There's one particular one I want to highlight, which is why I told that story, embarrassing story, of my uh, sister's dance party. And then I call it the spotlight. Say it with me. It's the spotlight. Look to the person beside you and say, is there a spotlight on? When I was doing this... uh, dance party with my sister, I stood in the middle of all of those seventh graders who were a long way from me, and they could all see me, and the lights were all on me. There were no lights anywhere else, and it was obvious, who's that guy right out there? I'm sure my sister probably... Did one of these numbers. I don't know. Who invited that guy? Does he go to our school? I'm sure she did one of those. But I was in the middle, exposed, in the spotlight, couldn't be hidden. There's a work of the Holy Ghost in our life where He does the same thing on the inside of us, where He spotlights certain things that He wants to deal with. Life by the Spirit sometimes is hearing Him, seeing what's in the spotlight, and working with Him about what's in the spotlight. 
Because he's personal. He's trying to eradicate the sinful nature from our life. He's at war constantly. You're in Galatians 5, 25. Go up just a few verses and look at 16. So I say, live by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Anybody experience that? And the Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. So that you do not do what you want. Is anybody hearing that today? Anybody know what I'm talking about? What he's talking about. The Holy Ghost is at work in our life. He's at war in you and me differently. But one of the goals he has is to see that sinful nature of ours become smaller and smaller, less effective, less strong, less, 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 and his power released greater. That's what he's wanting to do in our life. Please understand, part of what I'm trying to just convey to you now is that he's working in you and he's trying to get you somewhere down the road. You need to understand that because if you don't understand that, you can't help him get it done. You need to understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to put to death that sinful nature that's in your body, that your body does. I've shared this before. Let's describe the sinful nature just briefly. I have a beautiful two-year-old daughter. She wears princess dresses. And you can't, she wears two, sometimes two at once. She picks out, just today, just today, she saw what my wife was had on, grabbed her by the hand and said, Mom, you need to change clothes. Takes her to the closet, pulls clothes off of the closet, off of the thing. She's two. Mom, you need to dress like a princess. Put this on. Picks out it. And then she looks through my wife's 900 pairs of shoes that I have packed more than I want to and carried. Wait a minute. Okay, wait, let's, 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 let's stay with the princess. And she finds a pair that matches hers and tells my wife, you have to wear these. You have to look like a princess. And so my wife today wore these giant black heel things all day doing housework. This is my two-year-old. She loves shopping. God help me. Be taking donations later. Just kidding. She likes to shop. She's a princess. One day I got, she got up in the morning. She had some pajamas on. I said, she came into the living room, crawled up in my arms. I said, you're my beautiful princess. She goes, Dad, I don't have a dress on yet. I'm not a princess yet. That is my two-year-old. And she's sweet and loves and squishy and she's so kind. Until the moment you take the toy she's playing with. And then she becomes not so princessy. Right? I've shared that before. You've all experienced it. Those sweet little babies, something happens in them when you don't do what they want. Or when she wants a bowl of cereal and you're serving broccoli. There's an effect there. Something happens. Who taught them that? Did somebody teach them that? Nobody had to teach the kid to throw a fit. Nobody had to teach the little ones to demand their own way. Where does that come from? Why are they like that? Something wrong with them? Am I feeding them the wrong thing? Well, you might be. There's a built-in process. You ever been to Walmart or, or Target or wherever, and you get a shopping cart, and you got a wheel that don't want to do right? 
You know what I'm talking about? You let it go and it goes sideways. Don't you hate that? I hate the ones that's got so much hair wrapped around it, it won't turn. Oh, that was horrible! The problem with the vivid imagination is you see things you don't want to see. You know what I'm talking about? They don't turn. You and I have a wheel built in that keeps, keeps trying to go the wrong way. And it's called the, the selfish, sinful nature. And your children have it, and so do you. And it's a wheel that keeps pushing the cart the wrong way. And the Holy Ghost in you and me keeps correcting the cart, going, no, this way, this way. It's trying to keep that wheel going straight. Over here. So the Holy Spirit is trying to deal with that sinful nature in our life. They're in conflict with one another so that you don't do what you want to do. Romans chapter 8. Why don't you take a look at Romans 8 real quick. Let's just do uh, look at that familiar passage. Romans 8. Uh, let's look at verse 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature... Have their minds set on what that nature desires. Those who live according to this, accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Yikes. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the... Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. There's a work happening, okay? So the Spirit is at work, correcting the wheel, dealing with ugly self, dealing with the, the, the things that bring unrighteousness in our life. His great goal is to promote righteousness in our life, to encourage others. The spotlight. John, uh, is it... Uh, let's take a look. Look at John 16 real quick. Let's look at John 16. I want to point out one verse, one role of the Holy Ghost to help us understand this spotlight function. Uh, John 16, we got Jesus telling his disciples about the comforter that's going to come take his place. He's going to go to heaven. If he goes to heaven, he can send the comforter. Okay, and look at verse 8. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. There's a role of the Holy Ghost to point those things out and make them obvious. Sin, righteousness, judgment. It's the role of the Holy Ghost is to spotlight them and show them for what they are. It's to expose them in such a way that they're not hidden. They can't be masked. To show sin for what it is. To convince you sin is not right. There's a role of the Holy Ghost to tell me sin is not the where I want to go. It's a convincing and a exposing of it so that it can't be tricked me in any way. It puts a spotlight on it inside my life, in my heart. Puts a spotlight on things. David, in the Old Testament, turn to the book of Psalms and get in the 30 chapters, the, the 30s. In the book of Psalms, David is dealing with and Psalm 32 and Psalm 38. I want you to look at a couple of phrases that David says about what is happening on the inside of him. 
something's happening, and he doesn't know quite how to describe it. When we see what Paul and Jesus writes, it's a little more obvious what's happening. But let's look at David's words, because uh, they're easy to hear what he's... Psalm, let's look at 38. Psalm 38, <clears throat> verse 2. Verse 2 says, For your arrows have pierced me. This is a prayer of David. Your arrows have pierced me. Your hand has come down upon me. Because of your wrath, there is no health in my body. My bones have no soundness because of my sin. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. And it goes on. Something's happening on the inside of David by which he's saying there's something not right. I feel like I've been exposed here. I feel like I can't hide something. Your arrows have pierced me. Arrow pinpointed. You've shot me on the inside. You found it. There it is. Tag. You're it. There it is right there. You can't hide it from God. Oh my, what am I supposed to do? Take a look at Psalm 32. Both of them, you'll notice David is being affected on the inside and it's affecting him physically as well. Take a look at Psalm 32, verse 3. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, here we go, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you. Did not cover up my iniquity. We'll read a little bit more in just a second. But I want you to hear that the spotlight makes you feel uncomfortable on the inside. Now it might be, it, the Holy Ghost might work differently in your life. I'm just giving you a very vivid picture of what's happening. So David is being affected on the inside and he's being affected physically. He's losing his strength, his uh, motivation. He is being affected with his emotions there, and his body is responding because God's hand is upon him dealing with something that he wants to deal with in David's life. David, if you know the story of David, he was a man after God's own heart, but he wasn't perfect. He had some flaws, and he made some terrible mistakes that he was not proud of, just like you and me. And God was dealing with David in the same way as a spotlight exposing it in our life. Both of them were an inside work affecting him physically. And both of them required a response. Both of these passages, you see David responded to the spotlight. There was a response required to alleviate Whatever it was it was dealing with. It wasn't just so that uh, God could expose things in his life and he feels bad about it. No, it's because God wants to bring healing to some things. God wants to remove some things. There are things in our life at times that keep us from going down the path that God has us on until we deal with those things. Maybe like a fence or an attitude or our, our, our philosophies on giving or our philosophies on forgiveness. You know, I'm not going to forgive them till they forgive me. There are some things in our life that can, that constrict us and hinder us from the destiny God has for us. Because until he gets us to respond 
to those spotlights that he shines on. David had to respond. Look at Psalm 32, verse 5. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. And everything changed when he responded. There was a, there was a whole different chain, a whole different heart response. His heart was different after he responded. And you'll notice it was a humble response. Our selfish, sinful nature does not want to respond humbly when the arrows of the Lord pierce us. Our natural response is to justify what's going on, to blame someone else. That is our normal human response. Point at someone else and try to put the blame on them. When the Holy Ghost spotlights something in our life, we need to respond like David responded. Acknowledge it. Oh God, I see you're dealing with this. I see you're pointing this out in my life. Not the human response. You don't want to do that because then you're denying the Holy Ghost work in your life. You don't want to do that either. You want to respond humbly. You don't want to respond, oh, not me. How, how awful would it be if, if you had a booger hanging out of your nose and I walked up to you and said, dude, you, you need to go wipe your nose. And you said, no, I don't. No, really, dude, you need to go wipe your nose. Not me. Who would do that? We do that. We do that when the Holy Ghost talks to us. After a while, I just stop walking up to you. Just forget it. Let him have it hanging out. Do you know you can do that to the Holy Ghost too? He's a person. You can ignore him enough that he stops coming to talk to you. You can justify whatever it is in your life long enough. He, he's, they're not going to respond. Forget it. There's a wearing down that takes place. You ever get worn down by your kids? Yeah, I know what that's like. Hallelujah. There's a wearing down. You can ignore the Holy Ghost. When he's spotlighting something, the more you ignore it, the dimmer the spotlight gets. There's these men in the New Testament that Paul warned Timothy of. He said their conscience has been seared as with a hot iron. They no longer have a conscience. They've ignored the work of God in their life or their conscience working in their life so long that it's like they don't even have one anymore. Folks, I don't ever want to get to the place where the Holy Ghost says, forget it, don't go talk to him anymore, he doesn't listen. We can become like that. By time and time again, ignoring what God wants to do in our life. God's plan in our life can totally be rerouted by our unwillingness to deal with the spotlight that He's shining things on. It can be rerouted. We can fall short. And our children can be affected. Our family, our future, our finance, everything can be affected when we don't re- respond to what God's doing in our life because there's some things that hinge on that one response. I am quite certain that God sets us up to watch and see how we respond. I know there are things God is waiting to release to you and I and 
He can release them when he gets the right response. That's the way it works. It's what he does. David acknowledged what was happening. All right, you got me. What are we going to do about this? Okay, I need to confess it. I'll confess it. I don't know what it might be for you. It might not be a sin thing. It might be something he's dealing with you in your life. But you and I, in walking by the Spirit, have got to learn to respond to the spotlight. It takes time practicing, and it takes time acknowledging the Spirit's voice in your life. It takes doing it over and over again. It takes repenting when you missed the mark. Oh, you spoke to me, and I didn't respond. Please forgive me. I repent. Help me to hear your voice clearer. Might be something else in your life. Respond to the spotlight. How can we live a life by the Spirit where that is happening in our life? First of all, we need to declare that we need the work of the Holy Ghost in our life. Get in partnership with the Holy Ghost. Get on the same page. God, you're wanting to do this in my life. I'm in agreement. Do what you got to do. Make me what you want me to be. I'm all in. I'm not going to hit all the home runs, but I need your help. Please help me. We need to get to that point. Say that prayer. Make it your life. Declare your need for His work. Be open to His opinion and the big picture. His opinion is not your opinion. He might, he might think something's horrible in your life that you're proud of. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I used to think, <laughs> when, I was a, when I was a kid, um, my heart was severely damaged. I didn't have an upbringing like I wanted it to be, and, and I had been betrayed a number of times. I had a lot of hurt, and uh, it came out in my words, and I found great satisfaction in hurting other people with my words and making sure I could somehow make them feel with my words like I felt on the inside, and I was okay with that. Then the Holy Ghost got a hold of me and said, you're killing people with your words. Something I thought was okay and made me feel good was something the Holy Ghost was not all right with. I had to make a big change in my life. I'm still working on that. My, my words get away from me. Jesus, help me. Bring healing. So be open to God's opinion and the big picture. You don't know the great big picture. You don't know the grand scale of God's designs. Remember, He is the great orchestrator. It all works out. He's going to make it all work. He's going to bring good out of all of it. He's going to turn it to good. He's going to work His plan. You may not understand it. I certainly don't. I'm not going to act like I do, but I do know I can trust Him. Be open to His opinion. And then the last thing is submit to His leading. Say submit with me. Ready? Submit. It's a dirty word today. You hear more swear words than you do the word submit. You don't hear it anymore. It's okay to hear swear words come across common television, anybody. Nobody ruffles, the, it doesn't ruffle anybody's feathers anymore. But you hear, you hear a parent tell a kid they got to submit. Somebody's going to call CPS on that parent. That's a dirty word today. That's a curse word. Submit. Yikes. Submit is the only way that God operates in your life. God does not operate in someone's life who does not submit to his authority. 
God is not the president of a democracy. And take your vote about what you think he should do. He doesn't function like that. It's a monarchy. He is the king. He's the boss. And if you want his plan operated in your life, you've got to treat him like he's that. Submit to his leading. The Holy Spirit spotlights, you submit. Yes, Lord, you be God. I'm not. I need help. Help me, Jesus. Pastor Alex, if you would come, we're going to take a moment. God may be dealing with you about some things. Maybe there's things in your life that make you feel like I did. Uh, stand there looking at all the, the spotlight is on this right now. God's been dealing with this. Whatever it might be, I'm going to encourage you. Get real with God. Repent for not responding to it and start today. Make action on whatever it is He's pointing out. Live life by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. You know what it means to keep in step? There's action involved. He's going somewhere and He wants you to go there with Him. He's, he doesn't, God did not send the Holy Ghost just to make us feel good during the right time in a worship song. Make your hair stand up. That's not His function. That's just your body responding to His presence. His function is about what's happening on the inside of you. Taking you somewhere. Keep in step. He's ahead of you. He's not behind you. He's right in, He's ahead of you saying, come on, this is it. Drop that off. Come on. No, you don't need those bags anymore. Let them go. Come on. No, no, no. You got to forgive them. We ain't going anymore. We're waiting right here until you forgive them. There's a spotlight function of the Holy Ghost. He's working in your life. He's getting you somewhere. Let's stand together tonight. I don't know what it might be in your life. But right now, we're going to take time to pray about that. It's between you and God. It's personal. It's dealing with things in your life. As Pastor Alex is playing, I just want you to begin to open your mouth. Just begin to speak to the Lord. Begin, if you need to acknowledge, acknowledge. If you need to repent, repent. Whatever it might be, God, I know you're working in my life. Just for a few moments, we're going to let you and the Holy Ghost work some things out. Oh God, make clear to us. Make clear to us. Oh God, if we've been ignoring you and the light's getting dimmer, God, shine it bright again. We want to respond to you on this Holy Ghost night. We want to make it about you and what you're doing. Oh, God, have your way. You be God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, God. Maybe you don't know, maybe you don't know it. The first thing about living life by the Spirit, it starts by making Jesus your Lord and Savior. The moment you make Jesus your Lord and Savior, the Holy Ghost starts working in your life in a way you never experienced before. Before we, our time is up, before we all go about our 
going home tonight, if you need to make Jesus your Lord and start this life by the Spirit, tonight's your night. Don't leave here without Jesus being your Lord and Savior. You are not guaranteed one more day on this earth. No one is. No one knows the day Jesus is returning. He is coming back. He's coming back to take to heaven all those that are looking for Him. Those that are ready for Him. Is that you? I can't answer that. You can. If you're not quite sure if Jesus came back, if He would take you with Him, then you need to get some things right. You need to have a conversation with the Lord and you need to have a submit change. You need to start this life by the Spirit. As Pastor Alex is praying, I'm going to ask him to pray, Lord, I give you my heart. I don't even know if you can switch to that or not, but it might be an ugly key change. Who knows? I'm not a music guy. Pastor Alex is going to play this song, Lord, I give you my heart. And if you need to get right with Jesus, you need to make sure that if he come back today, you get to go with him. I'm going to invite you to step out of your seat and come meet me down here. And we're going to pray. We're going to make sure that today you know he's your Lord and your Savior. I'm going to invite you to come pray with me. Pastor Alex, why don't we sing that song? Lord, I give you my heart. That's right. Make sure today. take time to have conversation with God we're going to pray it's you and God talking together we're going to take time and we're going to acknowledge Jesus as the risen Lord make him our Lord and Savior invite him to live in our life make him the boss of our life the king of our heart as the song sang earlier tonight let's do that right now why don't we all take time to pray together Everyone in the house, let's, let's pray this. I'm going to help you. Why don't you pray this prayer right out loud with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I confess to you, I need you in my life. I choose you to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Wash my heart clean. Make me brand new. Help me live life by the Spirit. I choose today to hear your voice and respond. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for loving me. In your name I pray, amen.
And let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, God. Lord, let's just all lift our hands for a moment. And a sign of surrender that, Lord, I give up to you. Father, I pray for every person that's here tonight. Some prayed that prayer for the very first time receiving you. Some renewing their faith. Some making sure that if you come back tonight, they get to go with you. God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them. Fill them with the Holy Ghost. Spirit of God, come. I pray, oh God, life by the Spirit would be heightened in our life. Cause us to be more sensitive to your voice. Sensitive to your promptings. Shine the light brighter on things you want to expose in our life for us to deal with, come clean about, eradicate in our life. Help us, oh God, to live by the Spirit. Give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Give these a great big hand. Can you guys talk story? We have some of our pastors and ministers just want to talk story with you for a moment. You may be seated. Just before our time is up, I want to make a, a brief announcement. Our copy machine uh, needs a part, so it's not working. So I could not print the flyers I needed to print for your kids tonight. Those of you that have children, this Sunday, this Sunday, we have the awards thing, Sunday night. They don't need to come early, but we are going to have a special seat for them up here. It's going to be a big deal. And Sunday morning, I will give them the flyer, what to wear, what to be ready for. Okay, I just wanted to communicate that. I couldn't put it in their hands tonight to communicate clearly. I'm so sorry. The part doesn't arrive till tomorrow or something. Praise the Lord. Let's, uh, let's stand together. Why don't you join hands with someone? I'm going to... Pray a prayer of blessing over your life. Thanks for being here on Wednesday night. Pray for the Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen. Whenever you think about them, ask God to protect them, use them, favor on them. Let's pray for one another. Father, I thank you, God, for this time gathered tonight in your presence. Thank you, God, for the time of worship. Thank you, God, for the, your power release. Thank you, God, for your miracle-working power even still now is touching people. I thank you for the word. Thank you, God, your personal, living, interactive, dynamic of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for those tonight that have decided they want to make you their Lord and Savior for eternity. Lord, bless this great group of children of God. Thank you, Lord, for them. Bless them tonight. Protect them. Bring them back on Sunday, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. We want to experience you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great night. See you then.